My entitled teacher accuses me of plagiarizing my project, and as a result, she forces me to provide evidence that I didn't cheat, forcing me to go to extreme measures just to prove my innocence. Here's what happened. So I had a pretty lousy teacher for 8th grade social studies. To give you an idea of this, there was a unit where she asked the class if anyone seriously thought that they would want to be the president someday and would explain that something like that needs to be your calling. Someone asked her if teaching was her calling, and after pausing, she answered honestly and said no. Now onto the story at question. One of the bigger projects that we had was called New Summary or something like that. The point was simple, to encourage us to be aware of current events. We were required to read, watch, or listen to the news and write three sentence summaries. No citations or sources needed. She just wanted to see that we were informed about things in the news. This was a piece of cake. I wrote my summaries, turned them in, and thought nothing more of it. I still thought nothing of it a couple of days later when she spent the entire class ranting about ethics and plagiarism. You know how you feel when someone calls a meeting to admonish the entire group for something that someone did wrong? That why am I stuck listening to this garbage feeling? That was me. At one point, she asked everyone to close their eyes and said to us, raise your hand if you'd like another shot at the project. So now imagine my shock when at the end of class, she asked me to stay behind. She says to me, you've always been one of my better students. I am really surprised that you didn't speak up in class today. I looked at her and I said, speak up about what? She said, when I asked for hands. So at this point, I'm really confused and I don't know what to say. So after a long pause, she lays it out for me. She apparently knows that all my summaries were plagiarized because according to her, no eighth grader writes like they're writing for a newspaper, but she can't prove it because she doesn't know if I just listened to the newscast and wrote down what they said or not. And this was also back before everything was online, mind you. I didn't know how to respond and I had to get to my next class. So I left quite confused and unsure what this accusation would mean. Well, when I got home from school that day, my mom was quick to tell me that she had had an interesting phone call with my teacher. And here's the good news. Not only was my mom always supportive of me as a child, she literally watched me doing this project and she still had all the source material. Newspapers that were a few weeks old, so they weren't in the pile of things that the teacher would have easily found at work. She probably could have found the papers at the library But again, this is someone who admitted to the class at one point that teaching wasn't really her calling. The plan my mom had worked out with the teacher during this phone call was that if I could produce proof that I wasn't plagiarizing, we would forget this entire thing ever happened. My mom was so livid during this phone call that she also didn't really think to say that we have the papers at home and we'll bring them in tomorrow. The teacher said I had till the end of the week to provide proof, which is good because the scheme that finally started hatching in my head couldn't be put in place overnight. See, the thing about our local paper is that the letters to the editor page would print nearly anything, as long as it wasn't an absolute crazy rant from someone who sounded like they belonged in an institution. So after racking my brain, I wrote a letter that complied with the length limit, which I think was about 150 characters. The basic summary of it was that I was noticing more and more that I had a number of friends who were showing real aptitude for different things at school as they entered their teenage years, be it the arts like music and writing or athletics or philosophy, but teachers kept downplaying their aptitudes as well as their interests in order to push the notion that the only thing that mattered was being able to pass your middle school exams. It was, as I wrote, discouraging to see my friends' talents and interests being so casually dismissed. Admittedly, I took some liberties here and there, as most of my friends were actually just doing what they needed to pass with good grades, but I had a point to make. Three days later, I handed in my stack of source material after class, attached 
at last in the pile was my letter with my name, age, and town printed beneath it, published in the newspaper. In hindsight, I wish I would have included a post-it note just to speak more directly to my point. But there was no mistaking the message from that note. It's not hard for an 8th grader to write like they're writing for the newspaper. I stayed to make sure she read all of the clippings, and after an awkward pause, I was told I could go to my next class. She then quietly replaced my grade of a zero with an A. The rest of the school year was perfectly boring, and she continued to teach all the way up until she could afford to retire. I did hear later on, however, that she stopped doing the new summary project, and I would like to think that I played a little bit of a role in her canceling that stupid project. Good for the original poster for standing their ground. There is literally nothing more terrifying in my mind than being a student of some degree and getting accused of plagiarism. Like, that is a serious offense, and that is seriously scary. So good for you and your mom for basically backing up your story and showing that yes, I did have my sources available and I also did not plagiarize this. It is easy to get in the newspaper and you proved it to her all in one go. And that clearly was more than enough evidence to shut her up for good as well as to eventually cancel that project altogether. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My boyfriend ruins the mood all the time by accusing me of acting weird over and over again when in reality, he's the one with some mental health issues that he refuses to get help for. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So my boyfriend and I have been together for seven and a half years and we've been living together for three. Lately, we have been going through an extremely rough patch. There have been many exhausting nights of conversations that just go in circles. There have been some hurtful things said on both sides. Moral of the story is his mental health just isn't right. He is working in a prison as a psych assistant and I know that's part of what has been taking a toll on him. I have been there for him in every way that I can. I will make sure he comes home to a clean apartment because I know messes just stress him out even more. I will write him encouraging notes, reminding him what I love about him, as well as telling him to have a great day, and the list goes on. I always listen to him for hours, even if I'm not particularly interested in what it is that he's talking about. I am even literally going to heavy metal concerts with him because he wanted me to come along, even though I don't like that kind of music, but I just wanted to spend time with him. I gave him all the space he wanted because that's what he said that he needed. I did not push him and I let him come to me. I put my feelings on the back burner because he wanted to take a break to figure himself out. He went back and forth on the break thing for like five or six weeks. One week saying, yes, let's do it. Spend one or two nights away, then come right back. And a few days later, announce we really need to go back on a break for real. It was a nightmare and it was such a confusing time for me. But I did it because I know his mental health hasn't been the best and I was hoping his space away would help him and then help us. The worst part is he refuses to go to therapy. It's kind of ironic given he is in the mental health field and plans to pursue his PhD. It's frustrating because I had terrible mental health issues all my life and when I started going to a good therapist and working on myself, I started feeling better. And just as I started feeling better is when he started feeling bad, which has hindered my progress in a way. I am proud of myself because I have really learned to cope and I feel stronger, but it just sucks because my relationship is one aspect that I'm just not happy with and he really isn't doing anything to help himself either, so I feel helpless. He comes home with an attitude pretty much every night. I am always so eager to see him and then boom, he is in a terrible mood. It's just getting tiring and I feel guilty saying this because I too went through an awful mental health phase. The difference is I didn't want to shut him out. I wanted to be around him. Fast forward and the past couple of weeks have been okay. I don't know if I would describe it as being better because there are moments where things do feel better but then we get into a 
a fight again, and it's really discouraging. It just feels like something is missing emotionally, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm just so confused right now. It's like there's an emotional need I have, but I don't know what it is. He isn't as caring anymore, which I understand, because he is going through something and needs to focus on bettering himself. I guess I want him to be nicer and sweeter to me, as well as want to be around me and be more concerned with me. He seems short. There's not much effort into him making me feel really loved. For a while, I did have to really ask over and over again for him to spend time with me, but it honestly started to feel forced. So I just gave up, and I literally just let him have all the space that he wanted. Last night, he did suggest that we should go and eat and then go play pool, which I was excited about. We get to dinner, and I'm in a good mood, talking about random things, no indication that there's anything wrong. Then he says to me, I'm feeling down, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, almost randomly. So I'm like, okay, what's wrong? And he didn't want to talk about it or elaborate. So of course, that kind of put a damper on the mood in general, but I continued in a decent mood because we have a habit of making small things that ruin our entire night together. Well, then he kept randomly saying, you're acting weird. And I'm honestly telling you right now that I really was not acting weird. I kept going on with my energy and said, no, I'm not. I'm just sitting here talking. But then he said it a few more times and would ask what's wrong. I don't know why, but nothing annoys me more than getting accused over and over again of acting weird when I am literally not. It drives me crazy. I always tell him when there's an issue with me. So I started getting irritated and I told him that he was projecting. He was the one who said he was down out of nowhere in the middle of a random conversation and then started accusing me of acting weird. We were literally just talking about our workouts that we did and talking about workout in general when he said that all of a sudden out of nowhere. I had an upbeat energy. He got a little bit into an argument after that. What makes me upset is that he acts so surprised when I finally get irritated and have an attitude back. I can't defend myself or have any feelings because then I'm seen as aggressive and I'm the one who's going to be at fault all of the sudden. I may have overreacted because I got triggered on the third time he accused me of acting weird. It wasn't terrible. I just got frustrated and basically said he was projecting. We did recover and had a good time surprisingly. I say that because the last few times that we've gone out to eat, the night ended terribly with us fighting or in bad moods overall. But I just have a terrible taste in my mouth this morning and I feel guilty because we did actually have a good time. So it really makes me feel like I don't know what I'm doing. There's so much wrong and I feel like my needs are not being met and I'm so tired of having a terrible time almost every time that we hang out. I'm not perfect in any way, shape or form. I have my issues too, but I don't even know how to talk to him at this point because it's all just so confusing and many times that I do express a need, the response is always, well, I do this and I do that. And I'm not discrediting that. I just don't feel heard in the slightest. I feel like I'm starting to have a lot of resentment building up. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Honestly, it sounds like your boyfriend is an emotional vampire, and that's someone who is just constantly draining to be around. They completely destroy the mood by saying stuff like, oh, I'm just feeling down all of a sudden, or obviously trying to instigate arguments when you're both clearly just trying to have a good time. And by the way, that's what he did when you guys went out to eat. He was clearly trying to pick a fight because either he's bored or he's just being so toxic that he just doesn't even see what he's doing. And while you can't force him to go get help and find some kind of solutions to his problems, you can make it very clear that the way he's acting is completely inappropriate. Because based on what you've described, it really sounds like you're unhappy, and I honestly think you deserve to be happy in your relationship, regardless of what your partner may or may not be going through. My boyfriend feels that I'm stringing him along, all because I want to go traveling overseas while I'm young, and now we're at a crossroads in our relationship, and I seriously don't know what to do. So my boyfriend and I have been together for a year, and everything has been going well, until I brought up the idea of going traveling for four to six months. I'm a person that loves to travel and explore, and he knew that when we got together, but it has never been a problem until now. I brought it up in conversation after some close work colleagues moved to Australia for a few months, and I just said how I would love to do that too. At first, it was just a crazy idea, but the more I thought about it, the more it became a realistic idea. I asked him if he would like to go traveling with me, and he said no. I asked him if he wanted to try long distance while I was traveling around and he also said no. I then asked him if he would like to come out and visit me while I was traveling and he also said no. I said to him that he was leaving me no other option than for us to go on a break while I'm away and revisit the relationship when I'm back. The other option is for us to split up altogether or for me to not go traveling at all. I had talked to my close friends about the idea of going traveling and two of them are 100% in but I would have to wait until they finish university in three years time. We got into a big fight about it where he told me he feels like I'm stringing him along until I go traveling and that we will break up. I feel like I've given him every option available so that we can still stay together and I can still travel, but he's not happy with any suggestion that I've made. A couple of weeks later, he tells me that he wants an open relationship so that he can see other girls to get over me quicker when I inevitably break up with him to go traveling. I hesitantly agreed after he pinky promised me that it wasn't a test and that this is what he really wanted. In fact, he set up dating profiles for both of us. Within two days, I had 23 matches and was talking to a few guys and he had none. He saw me texting one of the guys and accused me of cheating and that in reality it all really was a test just to see if I really loved him. I brought up that he promised that it wasn't a test and the only reason I agreed to it was to make him happy just to try and save us in the long run. All of this has happened because I want to go traveling and live my life to the fullest. I love this man and truly believe I could marry him one day, so I don't want to ruin our relationship. However, it is important to me that I can have freedom to go traveling while I'm young, so I don't have any regrets later in life. What should I do? I think I've noticed the theme in some of these posts. The person in question says all of these awful, terrible things that their significant other has done, and then in the last paragraph, they try to convince themselves that maybe it's not that bad. Well, you know what? It is that bad. So I can confidently say that your boyfriend has a bunch of red flags. For starters, in my opinion, anytime someone says, oh, let's have an open relationship, that, in my opinion, is a massive red flag. That not only shows me that he doesn't want to be with you specifically, but it also shows that if given the chance, he really would kick you to the curb and go with another woman in an instant. And then he goes ahead and makes up dating profiles for the both of you, almost immediately at that, by the way. That's really sketchy, in my opinion. So it really makes me think, was he doing this before, and now he's asking for an open relationship so he can continue to do stuff? 
stuff like this? Because that's honestly what popped into my head. And also, the fact that he's trying to double back and be like, psych, this really was a test and you failed, is, in my opinion, proof enough that this guy is not emotionally mature and he is not ready for a girlfriend. So you know what? In my opinion, if I was in your shoes, I would be making plans to absolutely go traveling. If he doesn't like it and if this really is the end of your relationship, then in my opinion, it's for the best. This guy does not sound like a good boyfriend in the slightest, no matter what you try to say in that last paragraph. And hopefully you can see that sooner than later. My entitled superior in the Air Force forces me as well as my crew members to dismantle and go on a wild goose chase looking for a pair of pliers that he hid on his own. But thankfully, I get my revenge and I put him in his place in a beautiful manner. Here's what happened. So I was an inspection specialist serving in the United States Air Force and this was way back in the early 80s. I had been assigned a sweet 30-day temporary duty to England. I had a large box of equipment that I brought over in order to support the daily maintenance of our aircraft. The way it worked out is that I would work out of the local test lab at the base that we were stationed at. I come into the lab and I'm met by some real cool airmen that helped me get my box moved in and briefly give me the rundown on who's cool and who isn't. And the shop chief is not on the cool list. And it becomes very apparent when he finally shows up to see who the visiting airman is. The chief is one of those people that think they're above you for whatever reason. Bottom line is that he was despised by his crew. I needed to borrow a pair of pliers in order to loosen up some bolts that was holding the equipment box lid on. So I got a pair from their toolbox and got to work unpacking. It was a Friday and I was eager to get done with it so I could sample the English culture firsthand. In my haste to get out the door, I failed to return the pliers to the toolkit, which is a huge no-no when you're in the Air Force and have access to a working flight line. All tools have to be accounted for at the end of each shift. This is to prevent a lost tool from either being left inside an airplane or left on the ground, just waiting to be sucked up into the intake of the jet engine. And I get this and I'm totally good with the rules. Anyways, I had to come into the lab on Saturday and I was told that the pliers were left out and are missing. Normal protocol demands that I report the missing tool to the dispatch office and they would shut down the flight line until either the tool was found elsewhere or it was verified that it wasn't on the flight line. I decided to forego that part because I knew that the pliers never left the room we were in and we were located well over a quarter of a mile from the flight line. Myself, as well as the guys assigned weekend duty, spent several hours scouring that entire lab for those pliers. We moved everything out of a couple of rooms, checked in every box and container, and even looked in all the desks, except for one, and that was the shop chief's desk, and it was locked. I made the comment that we should x-ray his desk just to make sure, and as a side note, we had the capacity to perform mobile x-ray inspections. We came back that Sunday and looked through everything again and still didn't find them. Monday comes around, and the shop chief asked us if we had any luck finding the pliers. We told him no, and explained everything that we did. He told us to try one more time, so off we go to repeat the process for the third time. However, as I was moving stuff in the room where I originally thought I lost the pliers, I spot them on the floor behind the wheel of a cart that I had moved out of that room two times before. I quietly let the crew know that I found them and told them that the shop chief must have been holding them. So I picked them up and I put them in my pocket and I told the crew not to say a word. And it's right about now that my malicious compliance comes into play. We went ahead and cleared everything out of the room, as in totally empty. I called the shop chief over and I told him that the room was cleared and we didn't find the pliers. He walks over to the door of the room and I'm tracking where his eyes go. And he looks in the exact spot where he put the pliers and literally jumps up a bit like he was startled. And it was right about then that I really started to lay it 
laid on thick. I tell him that the only place we haven't looked was in his locked desk and how I was tempted to x-ray it, but now we have to call dispatch since the pliers have been missing for over two days, that the flight line must be shut down, and so on and so on. And the entire time, I'm acting like I'm about to panic because we could damage an airplane and compromise the mission. I just let it rip, and the entire time, I watched his face get redder and redder until he finally fesses up and admits to hiding the pliers. I then laid into him a lecture about playing games and how he started this game, and now he wants to whine when I played the same game with him. Now keep in mind that this jerk outranked me, but he realized that I had him by the neck because if he went after me for some kind of insubordination, then he would have to explain a tool going missing for over two days, all without reporting it. So in the end, I was the hero of the crew, and the shop chief left me alone for 27 more days that I was there. But it truly was awesome to see karma come his way and put him in his place in a beautiful manner. The shop chief is so toxic. They literally wasted everybody's time that weekend and made them move every single item out of that shop just to find those stupid pliers that he was holding on to. Like, think about it. This is a shop that the Air Force uses. So that means they basically wasted their time going through every single object in that room to try and find these stupid pliers. And yeah, it's kind of on the original poster for not having it off to the side and in its proper place before they left. But at the same time, this shop chief literally went out of their way to waste everyone's time just to play some stupid game. That's not fair for anybody in the slightest. And when it comes to the original poster, yeah, this guy was outranking you. You played a serious gambit and basically being like, oh, you're going to try and tell on me? Well, I'm going to do the exact same thing to you and explain to the higher ups why you were hiding a tool for two days. Like, that's honestly super childish and there's no reason to do that to your crew. So good for the original poster for standing up for themselves. Because from the sounds of it, this shop chief absolutely had it coming. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.